Hey, welcome to Conversations in Coffee with Ruha, a podcast about anything and everything, from life problems to daily thoughts, poems and quotes, and more. I am your host, Solby. Thank you for joining me. Today, I wanted to go over marriage and divorce. Now, I am still building my podcast, so I don't have any email or messages regarding other experiences, so I'll just talk about mine. Now, in my last intro episode, I did speak about my ex as well as my fiancé, and I will go over that a bit more into detail. I had previously stated my ex being a narcissistic person. However, that's only an opinion, and it's not a confirmed condition. I only have my experiences to go over, and I felt it hit pretty close to home. Narcissistic traits are anywhere between betrayal, selfishness, gaslighting, hypocrisy, and many other things. Yeah, he was an asshole sometimes. Everything with him wasn't all shitty, but it had many downs instead of ups. It just seemed that it was a one-person relationship. And in all honesty, I was horrible to myself. When it came to being with him, the relationship was immature. Two teenagers playing at something we knew nothing of. We met when I was just turning 18 at a family's gathering, and he seemed like someone fun to talk to. We danced, then he drove me home, and that ended a long night. Days later, we bumped into each other's house, well, my family's house, and since he was a worker of my uncle, he tended to be around quite a lot. Three weeks later, we were officially dating. Now, there were red flags. I see them now, but back then, I wasn't taught how to avoid such people for my own benefit. For all I knew is he was imperfect and so was I, so fuck it. But lesson learned, he just seemed to have a way of hurting me that no one else knew how to do. He drove words into me as stakes into witches. He ignored me, making me think I was alone in this world. He threw glances of hate. He lacked touch and love. He lacked the ability of giving attention. Things like me watching movies alone or eating alone. I slept alone sometimes because all he wanted to do was spend time with his friends and hang out. These were such obvious flags. These are things I should have known. Things I could have known if my mother would have told me of these signs, but who's to say she even knew about those signs herself? If someone had the bravery to sit me down and talk to me about their perspective on my relationship, about how he treats me, and... If they would have asked me what I wanted from the relationship, I might have just saved myself all this loneliness. But then again, I probably wouldn't have listened. Either way, I was always alone. When I gave birth, I was drained. When they were growing up, I was educating alone. When I was hurt, I cried alone. When I wanted to be loved, I wasn't. And when I felt lonely, I truly was lonely. However, when I needed support, 
he was there. I mean, almost always, especially during family loss. But then again, it was probably a front to prevent um, criticism from the family, a facade he put on. So many nothings that hurt me in every possible way. He had time, but gave me none. He had love, but shared none. He had interests, but not for me. It was no, no, no. Over and over and over until I no longer heard it. I just felt it. I became immune to it, in a sense. In one ear, out another. We were dating for what felt like a lifetime, but was actually... 11 years, and we were only truly married for two, and it was only as a means to help him was it that we actually legally wed, but I was no longer attached to him, that even a name change was just out of the question. I had no want, no need, nor interest in the excitement of becoming Mrs. whatever the fuck he was. We were together for 13 years, and for 10 of those, he broke what he could, and I held on to what I could. Bits and pieces were picked up by me through time. Bits and pieces that were left, I would find slowly and try to nurture back to myself. And I found very few of them, but I left the heck out of every crack, every rip and tear that I carried. I didn't fully love myself. Not really, but... There I was, learning as I went and telling my children what kind of things hurt people and why they should never do them. I stored parts of me as I began to grow more as a person, a marriage of one, a part of one, a parent as one, and so many ones. I remember being so honest with him and saying, I want love, I want cuddles I want to match and be carefree like that couple too can you hold my hand can you hug me can you want me can you want me just a little yet all I heard was silence my life was a loud and quiet place for the longest time ever with time I no longer wanted any of it, none of it, no touch, no laughter, no caress, no love, no him wanting of me or anything could pull me back to him. I was gone. He knew it, I knew it, and that is when he finally began to see things that I so desperately asked for, he began to do them for me. And, as I saw him try and give it to me, I couldn't help but smile and think, some other woman is going to love that so much. Just not me. Hence, the reason I knew divorce wasn't far off. I wanted him to be happy. I wanted the children to experience their father's joy and love and life. Just not with me. That was no longer where I wanted to be. I didn't belong there. And everybody knew it, but nobody was willing to say it. Sometimes, not even myself, but it was an unspoken knowledge we all had. 
with time, I am sure he realized that I was no longer there. Yes, my presence was there, but I was long gone. And sadly for him, I became the love of his life a little too late. Because just as he was finding the wonder inside of me, so was I. And I wasn't about to give that up. When I first had met my ex-husband, I had broken up with a boyfriend not too long before him and I had dated him maybe about five months before. I remember it like it was yesterday and you might be wondering why and I'll tell you why. I dated my ex-boyfriend before my ex-husband of course for a couple of months. He was a good friend of mine and then one day we were just suddenly dating. The kind of unspoken agreement to just see each other and not other people. When we finally came to terms of our relationship ending, we had quote unquote agreed to end it amicably, which was total BS. He wanted to date other females and I just wanted out. Either way, it worked out well for both of us. We shook hands, agreed to stay friends, and we went our separate ways. He tended to hang out with my mom's boyfriend a lot and one day he messaged me out of the blue. Now, let me paint a picture. My house was positioned near a main road, a small street near a college that had houses on one side and an alley behind them. Our backyard seemed to lack the male attention because honestly, it looked like a damn jungle. My window was about three feet high, old fashioned, the type of windows that have those six square glass frames per panel and opened out from the middle and had a little handle you had to twist for them to open. It was a bluish hue, just like the rest of the house. Well, one day he messaged me that he was outside my window and wanted to talk. I didn't think much of it. I was getting a drink, I went into my bedroom, and I shut the door. Big mistake. I climbed onto my bed. Now the bed was positioned underneath the window, and as I opened it, yeah, there he was. He smiled, said hello, and continued to ask me how my night was going. But before I could even say anything, he grabbed me and shoved me into the trunk of his car. Now, side note, the thing about me is I lack attention to detail on my surroundings. Now, my fiance calls me out on that all the time, which is the reason why I didn't notice that he had parked the car in reverse by my window. Now, he grabbed me and shoved me into the trunk of his car. He shut it and I could hear him turn the car on and start to drive off with me in it. Now, not all the things end in tragedy and this is why. See, his car, and I'm doing air quotes in case you can't see it, which you can't. The car he was driving, the one I was currently in the trunk of, it used to be my car, before the breakup that is. Because I didn't want to deal with him so much, I had agreed for him to keep it and with that, leaving me alone. So this car that I was now stuck in had its secrets and I knew about them. Inside the trunk was a little lever 
just to the right of it that was underneath felt on the back seat. I lifted the felt, I pulled the lever, and pushed the seat forward. I squeezed out from behind, and I leaned toward the middle console. I punched his ass straight in the jaw. I pushed the shifter to parking, fucking up the transmission, I'm sure. And I ran out the back door. Now, I never reported this, and I do have my reasons why, but I think that's a story for another day. So, by the time I had met my ex-husband, I thought all men near me were losers, and I wasn't wrong. But I think that at some point in my friendship with my ex-husband, it made me idiotic and positive-minded. And it made me think, what the hell? I mean, everybody deserves a chance. Now, too bad I can't take that back, but either way, it is what it is. We had three beautiful children. Um, I had an adoption with my niece, and that made her the oldest child, and a relationship that was falling apart. Since 2007, we had been together. We had gotten married in 2018. We separated in 2020, and divorced the start of 2022. But I haven't even covered the good parts, sarcastically speaking, that is. The truth is, there is much to tell. So much so that I just don't know where to begin. The easiest part to remember is how lonely I was. It was quiet. Too quiet sometimes. Yet my mind, nothing in the world could make it shut up. I was overthinking. I was overimagining. I was overfeeling. I was over every little thing. I knew I wasn't where I belonged. But that wasn't the, the the issue. The thing was, it was the only home that I knew at the moment, and it's what I had. And as far as I was concerned, it was my job to keep it together. I witnessed firsthand what it was to not be wanted. And I think that was the hardest part. Now, imagine going through a hurt from someone who didn't want you. Kind of worse than someone who regrets hurting you, but still does it anyway. No, this, this pain, this one was genuine. It was truthful, not forced. You just aren't welcome in this person's life, and it always showed. Through my pregnancies, I remember the same question being asked every time. Whose baby is it? Or is it mine? Or it can't be mine since I didn't, you know, inside of you. Well, no matter the wording, they all hit and stung the same way. Into my ears and straight to my heart. It was a recognizable sting. A type of look that I could notice anywhere and in anyone. The lack of time, attention, love, companionship, and a need of being wanted. Why I spent so much time and so much of my love on something that I knew was toxic just amazes me. I look back and I cringe. All I know is that it is something I fought for 
something I cried for, and one day it was something I learned to let go of. Of course, all in good time. The children were growing up seeing those toxic traits he has and gives now, and in their teen years have begun to unconsciously look for it in their own relationships, and that tortures me, seeing how it is, what it looks like from everyone's perspective, what it looked like from my end through my eyes was so different but now I see it through theirs and it makes me realize how much of my time and life was stolen from me and it wasn't really stolen because I was so willing to let it be taken now I don't blame him not for any time lost if that is what you can call it I don't hold a grudge over the pain I went through not toward him because let's be real I stayed because I wanted to I know for some, leaving isn't always an option, or in that case, easy. But for the few of us who can leave, we choose to stay. We choose to try and make it work. So, in the end, we chose to go through what they keep putting us through, and eventually we learn from it. Moving on to 2019, and being pregnant with my baby number three, and me revealing the news out of excitement to only receive the is it mine comment in front of family and friends, which was the last blow that I could take from him, causing me to hate the pregnancy so much that I feel like I manifested the miscarriage on myself. The miscarriage was the breaking point. I was done. I had officially and completely clocked out. I didn't want it anymore. I wasn't going to keep tricking myself into thinking that I did. I told him I was out. If I stayed, it was for the kids, but not because anything existed between us. Now, yes, I did happen to be intimate with him during that time. I didn't want to go looking outside and cheating, in a sense. And a few months later, I got a surprise. Rainbow baby, baby number four. Now, you can only imagine my indecisiveness of wanting to share the news with him. With having lost my third pregnancy at around three months and feeling like I was the cause of it, I was terrified. Now, to clarify on the reasons why I feel like I was the cause, it all comes down to my belief in spirituality and manifestation. What does that mean? Well, it means that if you throw something out into the universe enough, it's bound to happen. And the one thing that crossed my mind consistently was, take it away. I don't want it. And I'm sorry for that, but I hated him. Even though I wished for the baby to disappear, I didn't truly want that, except he was the one who taught me how to hate myself, hate myself enough to even have the thoughts of wanting that to happen. And they did. Now, coming back to my rainbow baby, pregnancy number four, one day I woke up and I felt different. I took a pregnancy test, negative, and I went on to work as usual. At this time at work, I was dealing with a new client, so my hands were full. I was on my way for a tour of the warehouse. Now, again, remember, by the time I had lost the baby, before then I had already decided that I wasn't in the relationship anymore. I lost the baby. I was officially out of the relationship, and this kind of brought me into this position of my life months later 
of course. Now, I remember walking into the warehouse. I was looking down, staring at my boots as I walked. Black suede boots with silver detail, and I was making sure that they still looked good. They were my favorite pair. I opened the second set of doors to the warehouse, and there he was. Pompadour hair, security outfit, leaning against a desk, phone in his hand with a black wristwatch, legs crossed, and smiling. Not at me, of course. This is the first time I'd ever seen him. I don't think I've ever seen a more perfect, chaotic mess in my life. It felt like a dream of my dreams, and I wanted him to mess my life up. So, naturally, as I ignored my brain and I followed my heart, we became friends. And with time, best friends. This new client at the time where I met this handsome man, the client that I was working with, it required a lot of my time and dedication, which consisted of me walking with different work groups and providing details regarding the warehouse. Now I had two different shifts, five times a week, equals me being exhausted. With all of this work, I ended up taking a weekend vacation to another town, and by the time I came back, I still didn't feel right. For the heck of it, I decided to take another test, and there it was. Two little pink lines sitting right in front of me. But it's not like I can tell my husband. So, I spoke to the new friend I had made. We were over going some of the pros and cons, I guess you could say, regarding the situation. At least I was. And for me, it was con. I was afraid of another miscarriage, and I had a look outside of my marriage for comfort. Pro, I didn't know he was going to be a part of our lives. A major part, that is. So, here we are. Fast forward to 2020, my fourth pregnancy, but only third successful birthing, and I'm ready to move on with my life. But the only thing is, I was still married until he was the one to decide to leave, that is. Because at this point, the hypocritical narcissist couldn't take a bit of honesty. Now, had it not been for him having made the choice on leaving over a comment he heard me making, it was to a cousin of mine. I told her, don't make the same choices that I made. Don't make the same mistakes. Don't stay because you have kids together. And if it wasn't for that, he might have never left. But, see, he was choosing himself, for himself, and him wanting to be properly loved and to be with someone who wanted to be with him, just as I had wanted to have that in my relationship at some point, too. If it wasn't for that, I never would have been able to move on with my own life. And this is where most of the narcissistic traits showed. It was when he found out that in my last year of marriage to him, I had actually cheated. He turned all of those years, every single time of pain and hurt, he turned it around and somehow our failed marriage was all of my fault. And maybe he was right, but fuck him.
Okay, guys, now I know I went over a lot regarding my previous relationships and how all of that was a tragedy amongst errors. I guess all summed up, I never truly experienced love. At least not the way I wanted to be loved. Until now, that is. I've yet to speak of my fiance, that handsome, leaning against the desk with a pompadour of a man, and you are in for a treat. At least, I was. He was a badass, <laughs> bad boy, dark, mysterious, evil, and an asshole. But not to me. To me, he was sweet and loving and delicate and sincere. He was everything and he hit all the notes and all those notes, well, those notes hit my special spots. Now I'm not being a pervert, I promise. What I'm trying to say is he loves me. He loves me right. He loves me hard and he loves me sincerely. And boy, does that shit feel so good. It was mostly the friendship part that had me happy. We spoke of his relationship, his hardships, his disappointments and lack ofs, his loneliness and the need of or want of attention, and we spoke of all of mine as well. And in time, we filled those voids with reassurances for each other, hyped each other, wished each other well, we rooted for one another, we laughed at our mistakes, cried together over each other's pain. This was my best friend. He became my best friend. He was getting married to nothing, and I was lost in a nothing marriage. And we were a perfect fit. Now, later, later on, did we do a no-no? A whoopsie. A big error. Yes, because we cheated. But it felt right, and yet, oh so fucking wrong. Now, how did we cheat? Well, <laughs> I'm sure you guys can think of many ways to do some. Dim sum and den sum. We would meet up anywhere we could. At our offices, out for coffee. And not one day went by where we wouldn't message even just to say hello. There would be times when we would cuddle the heck out of each other. I even remember falling asleep hard in his arms and realized this is what home feels like. I think this is what home feels like because that is all I could feel and think of. Now I'm not saying we never kissed later on or something, but I'm saying we knew that sex isn't all that matters and what we needed was so much of the non-intimate sexual touch. Non-sexual touch. It felt right with each other. We fell in love and we found home. And right now I am his and he is mine. And not once did we hide each other. We were friends out in the open. We talked to each other out in the open, had conversations and communications and even our partners had met at some point. Our intentions weren't to hurt anybody. Our intentions weren't to trick or cheat. We accomplished in months what neither of our partners could do for either of us in years' time. And this was something we realized at the end of my marriage, the last couple of months, and 
the last of his relationship. So, yeah, when my then husband left me sometime after, I had moved into my place. He, my now fiance, had broken up his relationship with his then fiance and had moved in with me at some point. Now, the only reason they found out we cheated was because it was too soon that he moved in with me and we were officially dating a month out of our past situations. But the truth, like everything else in life, would have come out into the light one day. And we were aware of it and ready for it. We knew that it was going to happen, that they were going to find out about details, and there was nothing that we could do to stop it. All I know is I never lied about my relationship with him except the very end and things just happened how they happened and I'm sorry for them but not for us two years later we are strong and love fixing our issues with each other and loving each other harder than we have ever loved or had been loved before He is a great father, or stepfather, if that makes anybody feel better. He is a great supporter, a great lover, a great giver, an amazing husband, even though we're not legally married just yet, and so much more. But above all of this, he is and has been and always will be my best friend for life. I can be mad at him or have a disagreement with him. And I'll text him and be like, right now, you're my best friend. And the way that I feel right now is I'm pissed off at my fiance and he can kiss my ass. So yeah, best friends forever. (laughs) Now I'm not claiming happily ever after on this relationship. And it's not because we will break up or never love each other again or anything like that. But it's because life is messy. It's chaotic and unfair and unperfect. So yeah, I'm sure we will have many disagreements and arguments and fights. We might even happen to hurt each other at some point. But what makes it easier is picking the right person you are willing and wanting to do all of those things with for the rest of your life, however long that may be. So for now, it's not perfect, but it is, you know? Anyways, both of our exes hate us understandably so, but if they knew that we weren't the one for them, why not let us go instead of having treated us the way they did and still lingering till this day as if we're coming back because we're not. I mean, we moved on, so shouldn't they? The truth is, yeah, we fucked up in many people's opinion because we made choices that affected them emotionally. I get that, but maybe having treated us with love, understanding, and some time, things could have ended differently if they would have taken us into consideration to be a part of their life and not just drag us behind. That being a self-centered, me, me, me type of person and expecting the other, my fiance and I, in that relationship, to quote-unquote know that they love us, it's not enough. Saying it, showing it, feeling it, providing it, the basics of 
any relationship. And while we got the bare minimum, we were expected to create a home from it. And no matter how much and how long we each tried, it would have never been enough. Unfortunately, under the imperfect circumstances in which we found each other, we immediately filled and maintained a relationship based on how we feel for each other. He gives, I give. He cooks, I cook. He needs attention and I want to fucking give it. Like, come on guys. That is what love is. Love in all its fucking glory. Again, not perfect, but it's just the right love we've always been seeking for ourselves. Now, so far, I've come to learn so many things in this life. Marriage doesn't define love. Proposals can be ineffective. Pregnancies doesn't tie down a husband. Relationships don't always last. And pregnancies don't always tie tie down a wife. It works both ways, guys. And time doesn't define if a relationship will last or not. Liars aren't cheaters, and not all cheaters are liars. Honesty is best, and the truth, well, it still hurts. People are going to judge whether you do or you don't, and will like you, good or bad. So, as far as you're concerned, live life how you want to. Please yourself while trying not to hurt too many people in your life because it's bound to happen. But it's how you choose to grow from all of that that will truly matter in the end. Do no harm if you can, be the good when you can, and love as hard as you fucking possibly can, because you can. But most of all, don't forget to do all of these things for yourself. Now, I hope you have the day you deserve, because some of y'all owe karma. But until next time, this is Soul B. Be love, be light, and behave. Love you guys.